try to get Elliot's clip from last week. In Calgary that's not working? I, I, wow, I, I just randomly scrolled oh, to that. That's good. Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I am Jordan Dallar coltman I am joined, as always, by my brother, Braden Dallar coltman And we are joined by the ever-present and all-knowing Elliot Tanti. We'll get to that in a little bit because topic two, man, oh man, did he nail it. He hit it right on the head predictions last week and he got it right. So we will we'll give him all the due credit necessary when we get there. But first off, how how are you doing, Elliot? Uh and, and in that crystal ball of yours, you know, is it still as foggy as it was a week ago or are you starting to see things coming? Oh, no, I, I continue to be right one out of every 100 guesses I make. So uh, I, my record continues to stay strong and uh, keep them coming. Hopefully we'll continue here on uh, Hattrick Sports. All right. Well, we'll see how Braden does uh, in his prediction business, as we know, he's made some very bold choices earlier this yes. year. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Let's get right to it. We have got a jam packed show for you this week. Here we go. This is okay um topic one this week is obviously a little bit somber but we're going to also treat it as a bit of a celebration uh as i'm sure everyone listening to this knows by now uh canada lost one of its hockey icons a, a man who never played a game in the nhl never hoisted a stanley cup as a winning player or a coach or general manager but equally uh, I would argue has made just as large an impact as any player or coach, general manager, or uh, person directly related to the game. Uh, as as you know, he's made as big an impact as any of them, um, and in many ways even larger because his impact was one that went right to the heart of what it means to be Canadian and what it means to be a hockey fan in Canada. Obviously, I'm talking about Walter Gretzky and his passing um, on Thursday, late Thursday. Um, I mean, first, I guess it goes without saying how how sort of uh, iconic he was and how sort of influential that relationship of father to son was. He is, you know, nicknamed and sort of known as Canada's hockey dad, the original hockey dad. Whether or not that's true or not is sort of irrelevant. That's the legend. And in many ways, what I think what Walter Gretzky leaves behind is a legend. You know, the idea, the story of he was too cold out at the outdoor rink and wanted to stay warm in the kitchen watching his, his boys play hockey. So he froze the backyard and you know whether it was the original outdoor rink or not it was probably the most famous Wayne Gretzky learning to play there and obviously ultimately becoming the greatest hockey player of all time uh, I guess we'll go to Elliot first what were your reflections or thoughts when you heard of the passing of Walter Gretzky yeah I mean I think obviously uh, uh, it just you when you take a look at just the way in which the it seems the entire nation uh, the entire sport of hockey has reacted to this news uh, you know, there's there's no better way to show how influential this man has been on the game and 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 in uh, and in our world. Uh, I think it's an interesting you say. You know, for someone who has never actually played the game <laughs> to be so influential is quite a is quite an astonishing thing. You know, I gotta say, what a great celebration of life. 82, 82 years of outstanding life. I imagine there'll be very few that have lived a life like Walter Gretzky has and met the many people that he has and, and engaged things. And, and I think that that's a life that should be celebrated. You know, the other thing that strikes me is in the last couple days, I've been thinking a lot about how other people have been reacting to Walter Gretzky because I'd never met him. And hey, I, admittedly not a major influence on my life. But I think part of that has to do with, and I know you you boys and I share this, is that, you know, we were gifted and, and privileged to grown up uh, 
having really special dads. And but there's a lot of people in this country and, and in this uh, in our society who Walter Gretzky was the role model of the father that they wanted to emulate because they didn't have that fatherly figure to emulate uh, in their when they moved into fatherhood. And I think he has. Um, not, not intentionally, but he has influenced a lot of, uh, of fathers who otherwise didn't have a similar type of role model in their life. Uh, to see the way that he cared for his son and his kids and the way that he interacted, the professionalism, uh, the loving way he approached the game. You know, for me, what's been really striking is just how many people have commented on that and how, they've in, how he's influenced them, uh, which I think is really interesting. Uh, and what a beautiful legacy to leave on. Yeah, I think what was most striking about Walter was that he was always bringing kids into his home. He was always sharing his life, his stories with these kids. And, and he, you know, he, he not only exemplified this love for the game, but a humility, a selflessness and, and pride. You know, we talk about um, how proud Canadians are. This was a this was the son of two immigrants that, uh, you know, he was first generation Canadian and, and took that on. He, he became um, what everyone in Canada, at least, you know, when we talk about love for hockey, it's that love for Canadian, you know, the, the true Canadian uh, spirit. And, and I think that that's what runs so true in, 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 in the game of hockey. And I think that that's why he's, um, you know, like you said, an icon, not only because he's the great one's dad, he's, He's a he, he's been a huge influence for um, the culture and, and the nature of what uh, hockey in Canada is today, and everybody's got a story about him. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple that I was gonna, you know, they're secondhand. They're not my own personal story. I never had the privilege of meeting him or knowing him. I, I have a friend uh, who I work with who grew up in the Toronto area, and he remembers very clearly Walter being at tournaments. Even, I mean, this is long, long after Wayne even retired. I mean, he would still go to hockey tournaments, and he kind of loved being Walter Gretzky. And I think that there's something. Mm kind of loving about that too i think he 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 enjoyed being a little small town celebrity but never in kind of a an egotistical way he was just he just enjoyed being part of the community and i think he was grateful that because of the accolades of his son it had elevated him to a position where people wanted to be around him and he loved to be around people it, it seemed which is what's really lovely um the two the two stories i was going to share really quickly one was um, the the Oilers have won their fourth Stanley Cup and the Oilers are all in the dressing room sort of sitting around, they're exhausted you know, they've done the media, they've done the champagne all of that and Walter is there and he sort of sits down next to his son and he turns to him and he says, you know they're going to trade you, right? And Wayne looks at him like what are you talking about? It's the first time Wayne had ever had any inclination uh, and Walt's like, yeah, yeah, no, they're talking about trading you and, and Wayne didn't believe him and obviously later that summer he was traded to L.A. But it's funny because his dad already knew. His dad was so aware of what was going on. His dad was so sort of dialed in. And I think his dad was, even to that point, very protective, very aware of how to make sure that his, you know, he was being a dad, um, but also had no timing. You know, your kids just want this deadly cup and he is not in the right headspace to take that information. Um, I think Wayne's actually told that story too, about sort of being like, I, I don't know why he thought that was the right time. But anyway, I think that's part of it. Right to the very end, he was a hockey dad. And that's my second anecdote, which is a, a story that came, Wayne told after his final game at Madison Square Garden. We I'll probably remember, you know, that last game, uh, the big, big sort of celebration after with the waving and he didn't take his 
gear off for about three or four hours after the game. But what Wayne told a personal story about the fact that, you know, he had, he had arranged so that his dad and him could take a limo to the game together that night, just to sort of recreate those early games when his dad took him to the hockey games. He wanted, you know, his last game, he wanted his dad to still take him to the game the way he did his very first, you know, Adam novice game or whatever it was. And, uh, in the car, apparently Walter was trying to convince him not to retire the whole time. No, oh, you know, you could play one more year because he loved watching his son play hockey that much, you know. And I think that was such a great story that, that Wayne turns to him apparently and says, you know, Dad, I have five goals this year. Uh, that used to be a good weekend for me. Like, I'm ready to, to go. <laughs> but, you know, Walt's heart was still just, he'd watched his little boy. That's who he was seeing, you know. And I think that that's what's really lovely about it. We just watched the Tiger the the tiger woods documentary and you've got sort of the 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 complete opposite side of a scale of a father-son relationship where you know earl earl woods pushed and pushed and pushed his son to be the greatest and he turned out to be the greatest but you have a guy like walt who clearly pushed his son but did so in such a loving and and in in a generous way um that i Mm -hmm. do think that's why his his legacy is truly that of you know like elliot said the guy everybody wanted to look to be a role model for them so obviously a sad, sad day for, for hockey and a sad day for Canada, but also one where we all got to spend a little bit of time reflecting on our memories of that and uh, the passing of the torch. It also sounded like the, the Gretzky family had some time. It sounded like they had about 12 or 15 days all together in, in Brantford together. So that's really lovely, too, that at least they had that closure. So, um, yeah, best wishes, obviously, to the Gretzky family. And um, hats off to Walter. Walter, Wally. That's what he went by, eh? Yeah. Hats off to Walter. That's topic one. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, topic two this week. Previously on Hattrick. And I got to say, if you're going to ask me last week, there's going to be a Canadian team coach getting fired uh i would not have picked montreal canadians i would have picked jeff ward and the calgary flames wow so elliot tanti nostradamus calls it tees it up and calls it do they do that in snooker Uh, do they call their shot elliot because if so you nailed that daryl sutter is the is the new head coach in calgary jeff ward fired how do you feel you mean you, you must feel good I mean, it's awful to have cold called the the firing of someone and celebrating that you (laughs) this guy lost his job. Like, let's let's not go too deep into this. It's the Calgary Flames. There is a concept uh, from a previous podcast I've done called Tanti Polling, where I have been particularly (laughs) good at predicting things at times. Um, And so I would just call this a Tanti Polling moment. Look, I had a feeling when you lose six one to Ottawa, it's not looking good. It seems like there was a chance. People thought Calgary was going to be a better team. I went with my gut. It ended up working out. 
that's just how it is sometimes, boys. Sometimes you're right. And 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 you know what? Look out, Elliot Friedman. There's a new Elliot in town. Ah. There, you there you go. All right. Five well, minutes get... before five minutes what? before that uh that call that Elliot's going, hey, what's okay, what's the name of the coach of the Calgary playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't need to know about that now because I'm sure he remembers the name of the coach now because the old is new again. Let's just go through this really quickly. Jeff Ward fired and they hired Daryl Sutter again. Daryl Sutter last coached the Calgary Flames in 2006. Okay, he stepped down as a head coach. He remained as the GM for two more years before moving to LA where he won two Stanley Cups. But let me just sort of set the table for you. The last time Daryl Sutter was the head coach of the Calgary Flames, the Oilers head coach was Craig McTavish the first time. Uh, The uh, Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup. Not going to tell you who they beat. And Joe Thornton was the MVP and scoring leader of the NHL. So Daryl Sutter uh, comes back uh, from from a very long time away to coach the Calgary Flames to try to finish what he started. They obviously made it to the finals in 2004, lost to uh, Nikolai Habibulin. Uh, if you're a Calgary Flames fan, you'll get that reference. Braden, what were your thoughts when you saw that the old was new and Daryl Sutter was back? Well, I've got some great memories of Daryl Sutter as the Calgary Flames uh, coach, uh, namely on all, all of those Battle of Alberta's when the Oilers would beat on them. Uh, the, I don't know. I mean, this this seems like uh, this seems like an opportunity for Calgary to to please some fans. It also seems like an opportunity for Daryl Sutter to come out of retirement and see. You know, he, it seems like he probably uh, feels like this is a good opportunity to um, make some money for his cattle farm in Viking, Alberta. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think this was an inev- inevitable for Jeff Ward. I think that he had that interim tag still on his, on his, you know, you know, so it seems like Tre Living was looking for an opportunity to, uh, to make upgrade. I think that this, uh, that this might help some of those disgruntled players on that Calgary bench, like Sam Bennett, um, you know, might get Goudreau going. I just, I don't, I don't, I mean, time will tell. That's what I got to say with this one. Time will tell. Yeah. Elliot, obviously you called it, but what do you think about the Daryl Sutter part? Well, I would never in a million years have said that Daryl Sutter was going to be the person that was going to be replacing him. Um, I don't know, guys, this feels similar to the situation in Pittsburgh. Uh, And I know you, we disagree on this. I feel like that, you know, that changes is sort of an interim move to just get through COVID, get through kind of a shitty situation. And there's going to be some more long-term thinking going on uh, in that, in Pittsburgh in their GM situation. And I think it's similar here. I don't think that this is a long-term move unless they find immense success and find immense success really quickly. But I just, you know, I think for players like Sam Bennett, okay. Yeah. That's a fresh start. But I don't think that Sutter really coaches the way that NHL players need to be coached these days. I, I mean, I think there's you need to be an incredibly gifted communicator, not and and I don't know that um, the raw raw way of coaching that, that Sutter's known for is necessarily going to translate. I could be completely wrong, but this feels really transitory to me. It feels like a kick in the pants, and I would, I'm guessing I would be shocked if he's still the coach two years from now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was just the coach until the end of the season. You know what, I, you know what it reminded me of Elliot, And that's sort of teeing off what you just said there. It reminds me a little bit of when 
they brought in Hitchcock here in Edmonton mm-hmm. and the idea that they needed a veteran guy, somebody to sort of stabilize uh, a floundering ship and to figure out what was next. So you might be right. It may not last beyond the season, but even if it does, it does feel like a bit of a stopgap measure. I would also say, as I said a week ago or two weeks ago when we were talking about Montreal, um, I would argue whether this, whether this goes past the season or they hire one more coach, I think we're at the very end of whatever Brad Tree Living's time is as the GM. He has to get this coaching decision right, or he's the next guy out of there, right? Anyway, we'll leave it at that. That's topic two. Do you or someone you know own a small business? Are you looking to grow or to reach new customers? Hey, why not let us help? Hattrick is looking for unique brands, businesses, and products to advertise on our show. You can find out how we can help spread the word about your business by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Here's topic three this week. We're going to play a game. We had a lot of fun last week playing uh, Where Were You When? So this is a a slightly new version of a similar idea. This is called Who Said What? And I'm going to play each of you. I've got three three clips from the past week, Uh, whether it's uh, press conferences, interviews, um, just some sound bites. Okay. I'm going to play each I of you a sound this. bite. You're going to guess who it is. And if you can guess who it is, you're going to tell me what they're talking about. All right. What's the context. All right. Just a little, this is like a little rundown of some of the week's news. Um, most of it is hockey. One of them is not hockey. It's a related sport. We'll, we'll get to why I'm doing that after, but they are hockey related this week. So there are three for each of you. You can see if you can get a hat trick each. Mm. And all three, you get a hat trick. There's no prize other than, uh, I don't know, bragging rights and feeling uh, feeling special about yourselves. Um, and other than that, we'll, we'll we'll start with that. You guys, you guys understand the game? I think so, shaking yes. his head. I, I understand. Just... I I just I'm not going to be very good at it, but I understand. Well, not with that well, attitude. Well, Elliot, I'm going to give you an easy one to start with. Okay, this one's for Elliot. No, we love that. We love going without a point in, in three days for sure. It's great. All right, Elliot, who was that? So that's Leon Dreisaitl after uh, their third loss in a row to Toronto, responding to a reporter who I believe asked him, um, are you feeling down about having not scored any goals in the last three games? <laughs> but he started that interview by saying, speaking of losing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously a little hot under the collar. Um, but well, uh, Mark Spector is such an idiot sometimes. Too. Anyway. That's, all right. Uh, we'll leave it there. So Elliot, you are one for one so far. Well done. Good start. All right. Braden, are you ready? I'm ready. Born ready. All right. Here it comes. I love games. He knows that. He's not on top of, he knows, he might not come across when he talks to you guys that he cares or, but he knows, he knows that his game is not where he should be. He knows more than anybody else, even me. So that's not an issue. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's that polarizing fool in Montreal by the name of Mark Bergevin. And I think he's talking only because of the, the latest news and their goaltending situation. I think he's talking about Carey Price and, and how he needs to step up his game. If I had a little bell, I'd go ding, ding, ding. Well done. All right. Well done. One for one. Yes, Mark Bergevin, they fired their goalie coach. Um, right. Because that'll coach, help. Uh, Stefan 
Wyatt, I think it is. Um, maybe Jimmy Henry can t- tweet us whether or not I butchered that name. But um, yeah, Mark Bergeron firing the, the goalie coach. And yeah, he was getting sort of hammered by the media saying, how does a goalie coach really make a difference? Isn't it on your goaltenders? And he was sort of defending Carey Price saying, yes, Carey's not playing well, but Carey's fully aware. So well done. That's Mark Bergeron, who still seems to find a way onto our show weekly. All right, are you ready, Elliot? Here's number two. This one's a little bit harder. I'm not going to lie. This one's a little bit harder. Um, you know, you knew it was going to be a good game. You know, that was a bull hit. Uh, Brando had his head down in the corner, and, you know, he took a liberty on a guy that was in a vulnerable spot. So um, that's a that's a cheap shot there. And, um, you know, we, we lost a great player. And, and uh, you know, it is great to see him uh, skate off the ice by himself. But, um, you know, he was obviously in a bad spot. <clears throat> Yeah, I know who this is. I when you say I, I it, is it? I know it's. I think it's a Boston player. Is it Bergeron? No, try again. Oh, uh, you're so close. Mm. Oh, who is it? It's someone from that Boston team. You know what Alberta does not have? Small They're completely pest. free of that. <laughs> no. No, not helping. Okay. Me. Anyway, Brad I know Marchant, I, the rat. Brad Marchand. Oh yes, Brad Marchand. Now, what is he talking about? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, there was. I don't remember who they were playing. I've I, I watched the clip, but it, and it's it's hilarious because that's one of those interviews from like the, uh, <laughs> the 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 commentators up in the stands and the players on the bench. So yeah. that's what makes it even more hilarious that he's just like yelling into the abyss and using some really <laughs> strong language about a hit that occurred uh in one of their games but i don't i don't know who the yeah. opponent was so i know that there was a hit well i'll, I'll bail you out yeah it was against washington it was it was washington and boston and tom wilson was the offending player he hit the Brandon notorious Carmel tom wilson and uh knocked him unconscious he was very woozy getting to the bench and tom wilson as a repeat offender has been suspended seven games um so uh that is a that is a i think they called it like a 12th or something of the entire season when it's only a 58th game it's it's a significant yeah. amount of games to lose a full week worth of games so seven games tom wilson uh, you can't go not everyone can be perfect every time elliot so uh we'll call it one for two so far all right brayden here is your second uh one uh yeah i think i, I can be stronger uh even stronger all the time like corners and at the net uh be more confident there and use my big boot. My big boot? <laughs> what the? Use his big boot. Who's got an accent like that? Oh, I know who it is. That's a good my one. Big That's a good boot. Okay. There's no shame in there's no shame in passing, Braden. What do you mean? I gotta make a I gotta at least Take a guess here. I mean, yeah, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like Pasternak, but I don't know why he'd be talking about his big boots. Is that your guess? You're gonna uh, kick yourself. You're gonna kick yourself on this one. A big boot. Yeah. <laughs> is it a current? Like this? This is we. This is a current event. This is a current. Yeah, and and we are also on the clock here, so so we're not gonna we're not gonna spend right. too much time here. So just take a pick. Take a guess. Everyone at home is screaming it right now at you. Really? Yeah. Well, let them scream. I'm going to have to pass because I, I have no idea. This is idea. pool party. This yeah, is Yessie Pooley pool Arby. Today he uses his big press boot. That's right. So he was asked, he, he was asked how he felt his game was going, and he said he's trying to be stronger on the puck and he what wants to be better hell? in front of the net. 
And clearly someone, probably Jim Playfair, has told him he needs to get in there and use his big butt. And he's, he, he's oh, now aware. Oh, my God. His big boot. Yes, he put That's awesome. Man, I like how that guy's playing. Hustling uh, hard this year. Uh, Elliot, this is your last one. And both of your last two ones, I lied. I, I said there was there was only one that wasn't hockey related. There's actually two that are unhockey related. So this is your non-hockey one, Elliot, and then we'll do Braden's. Um, and I will, I'll just tee you up by saying this is an older clip. This is not a current clip, but it relates to someone um, who was in the news this week uh, for, for a very specific reason. Um, and we'll see how you do with this one. You may or may not have seen this clip, but either way. Here we go. 66, that's my number with the Dallas Cowboys. This number here, who is Lemon X? Why is he wearing my number? I'll play it for you one more time. 66, that's my number with the Dallas Cowboys. This number here, who is Lemon X? Why is he wearing my number? Any idea? Is that Chris Schultz? It is Chris Schultz, the late great Chris Schultz, who passed away this week of a heart attack. Do you have you seen that clip before? I know, but I saw it referenced this week when he was uh, just because of the memorialization of him and the conversations yeah. that have been had. So I wanted so. to play because again, it is he, you know he was a, a, a football player, played for the Cow- Dallas Cowboys, obviously, but more relevant to our lives he has been an analyst for cfl football for as long as we've been alive on the on tsn and and a great character right one of those guys who was bigger than life not only because he was literally bigger than life he was like six foot seven and a big lineman but that actually came from a clip of a little segment james duthie did a few years ago talking about how play, more and more nhl players were using larger and larger numbers and using lineman yeah. numbers and he made a joke about not being able to pronounce lemieux call them lemon x I, uh, I, Chris Schultz was, is, was the best at explaining defense, football, defense and football. Uh, he, he was just a master of talking about line shifts and all the little mini battles that are going on. And he was, his, uh, he could describe it in a way that just made so much sense. And, uh, another ter- tragic loss this week. Yeah. He was always so passionate too, right? Like it's the same thing with Walter and, and all those people that you just have to listen to. It's, he was always so passionate about what he's talking about. Yeah, big big loss for the Canadian uh, sports media, especially the CFL. Which, of course, it's it's funny. We'll talk maybe more about the CFL later, but it's it sort of just disappeared with COVID because they never got a season in. Um, so we never really well, got to see. Man- it's it's poorly managed, Jordan. That's why. Yes, of course. We'll have that conversation at another time. But a great loss that we never got to hear him or see him talk about the CFL one more time. So Chris Schultz, uh, may he rest in peace. And we will move on to Braden. Two for. Two for three, Elliot. That's not bad on the very first, the inaugural edition of Who Said What? Uh, maybe Elliot Pulling. Elliot Pulling. Tanty Pulling. Tanty Pulling. Thank you. Um, all right, Braden, you're next here with your last one. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. This is uh, this one's for you, Braden. This one is not hockey related. That's your only clue. But it is relevant to this week's. And this is a clip from, it was actually, I believe, an interview done yesterday. Here it is. Oh, jeez. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to tell you guys for a while, as I'm sure you can know, but yeah, yeah, just so excited to be here. I've already talked about Atlanta's my home, so this is like, my family lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Any idea who that is? Atlanta's my home. Atlanta's my home. Well, all I can think of, okay, well, the NBA All-Star Game was just taking place in Atlanta. Atlanta's my home. Other basketball-related news in Atlanta, though, this week. Oh, yeah. You know, I can't recall her name, but she just became one of the uh, co-owners of the Atlanta uh, WNBA team. 
Yes, that's correct. The Atlanta Dream have a new ownership group, and the member of that ownership group is Renee Montgomery, who is a player for the Atlanta Dream. She played two seasons, and then she opted out of last season because she chose instead of going into the bubble where they were playing, she wanted to be more active in her community, and she was a huge uh, activist for social justice, for, for civil rights. She was marching with the Black Lives Matter movement, and of course, as you probably remember, the Atlanta Dream became a big part of that conversation because previous owner kelly loffler then senator who just lost her seat to raphael warnock in georgia was is a racist flat out we'll just label her as what she is she's a racist and she refused to let the atlanta dream be a part of any league uh led black Lives matter association uh, movement or association or anything like that and this player obviously one of her players who spoke out against her led many of those other players and in, in, in protests against her. And now as one of the greatest sports karma moments of all time, she's able to literally buy the team off of Kelly Loeffler and walk away with ownership of the team that was trying to muzzle them. So I think it's a great story, Frank. Good for her. One of three owners. Uh, she partnered with two local business uh, people, a, a man and a woman. So uh, the other cool part about that is that they are owned uh, two parts by women in those leadership roles, which is great. The question is whether, she, whether she'll play or she'll just take on the ownership role and enjoy that now. But either way, what if she awesome gets traded? That. That's the, that's the issue. <laughs> that is conflict of interest there. Yeah, that, that, that would definitely run into some issues. I, I don't know. I can't remember of a player owner situation. We've certainly had player coach situations. What about Mario Lemieux? Mario Lemieux. Oh, yeah, Lemon X. Yeah. That's right. Lemon X. All right, that was pretty good, boys. You tied there. You got two for two each. I'm gonna, right I'm gonna say that this game was a success, and maybe we'll see it down the road. I look forward to it. Me too. Thank you both for joining me this week. It was so much fun. Uh, we will do it again next week, and uh, until then, uh, this is Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Was that stressful? Elliot looked super stressed. Yeah, I because some, some on some weeks I'm really invested in sports and I'm like I know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. So this was one of those weeks where I wasn't listening to the radio. I wasn't. Yeah, you anything. did pretty well. Mm-hmm.